welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller, and I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today's topic is practicing mindfulness in recovery. Mindfulness seems like it's gained a ton of popularity over the time that I have been in recovery, which would be um, a little over seven years. And um, so I want to talk about what mindfulness means to me and some things that I learned in my um, my uh, IOP class that I was in um, for sobriety and how I very much can apply it to my recovery that I'm going through right now um, from my stroke. Recovery, no matter what you're recovering from, um, at least in my case, recovering from uh, as an alcoholic and recovering from my stroke has required me to face lots of highs and lows and learning to live with new limitations. So my limitations now is with my vision which has really impacted uh, so many things across the board about uh, what I can do and what I can't do. Um, My recovery from alcoholism, obviously, I had to learn how to live life without alcohol and, um, and recognize that in both situations that I'm unable to do Uh, much of the things that I used to be able to do. And there's a lot of emotions that come with that. Um, When I stopped drinking, jealousy was uh, towards the top of the list of emotions that I faced. Uh, And then with my vision impairment, um, I wouldn't say that jealousy has reared its ugly head yet but uh, right now it's more um, sadness and frustration I think is is some of are some of my lows Um, I don't know that I have necessarily uh, reached highs necessarily with uh, my stroke recovery, but I've had lots of highs in sobriety. Um, Often the first year of sobriety, they call it being on a pink cloud uh, because everything just seems so wonderful. Um, And honestly, I don't know that that pink cloud ever went away for me. Um, so I, I guess I'm one of the fortunate ones. And, um, I was also thinking of my friend who I had the opportunity to talk to yesterday and, um, her challenges with her speech. So, um, having conversations with people, I would imagine, and, and what you've got going on in your head, like what you want to communicate is still the same. Like you're the, still the same person on the inside. 
It's just that it sounds different coming out. Um, so I, I know that that's frustrating as well because we talked about it. So mindfulness is a technique of observing our thoughts and our feelings without being controlled by them, without letting them dictate our reactions and emotions. So uh, mindfulness practice also helps to spot warning signs of unhealthy thinking. I've talked about unhealthy thinking. So before we react, like taking frustrations out on loved ones or sinking uh, further into depression um, or taking a drink or drug, uh, practicing mindfulness enables us to recognize that we're having some unhealthy thinking and just observe it rather than become um, almost a victim of it and having it dictate what it is we have to do. Like whenever I feel sad, I have to fill in the blank. I have to cry. I have to you know, do I have to go to sleep, um, that kind of thing. I don't have to do that. Um, that's a choice of mine. When I feel sad, I can acknowledge that I'm sad. I can name it. I can call it, Rachel, you're sad. Um, but it doesn't mean I have to act on it. It doesn't mean that I have to... Um, to do any of the actions that I used to do. And um, in my case, when I was drinking or um, before my stroke, I don't have to deal with emotions the same way that I used to. I can learn how to deal with them in a healthier way. Mindfulness also enables us to uh, find pleasure in simple things. And um, I have uh, a couple stories of that. I, you know, when I first started being introduced to this idea of mindfulness, I, I don't even know that I recognized that I was being more mindful. Just not drinking made me a more mindful human being because I was pretty much always absent in my mind um, as I was living life. So taking away the drink, I noticed a lot more things. That's that's what maybe it's called the pink cloud. I don't know. I'm still I'm still in that pink cloud and it's been over seven years. I noticed so many things that that I just never saw before. Um, when I lived in Charlestown and I was driving to work, um, I had like an hour and a half drive and it was a time that I was by myself with no interruptions and I could do whatever I wanted inside that car. And my goal was not 
to get to work as fast as possible. Whose goal is to get to work as fast as possible? <laughs> My goal was to enjoy the ride. And um, I don't know that a lot of people feel that way, but I, you know, I've shared about how I had that hamster wheel going a lot of times when I was driving on my drive and, and that um, started me on this initiative to write in a journal when I got to work so that I could clear my mind. Um, but I think, you know, that's just a part of being human. I also was more present to what was going on around me. And one day I was driving in and I looked to the, I had not yet left Charlestown and I looked to my left and I saw this little boy playing in his front yard. It was like seven o'clock in the morning. It was really early to see a, a little child playing out in the yard, um, which is why I guess I, it called my attention and he was out there playing with this big, gigantic blow-up ball. And he was just giggling. He was as happy as could be. He was by himself. I mean, I only just saw part of the yard, so his parents could have very well been there or somebody else could have been out there with him. But um, I think my window was even cracked, and I could hear him giggling. And it was just such um a gift to notice that, to be able to be so aware that I could see somebody else's joy, especially a little child's joy. It was awesome. Um, and there's so many other instances where I was driving to work and I would see some sort of wildlife or, you know, there were times, uh, a couple times I remember driving down uh, Route 28, and there was a bird that was just flying right beside my car like it was escorting me to work. Um, so that kind of thing is just not only odd, <laughs> but um, but just amazing to be able to take a moment and just recognize what I'm doing. I'm driving, you know, and and what am I seeing around me? What am I feeling around me? And just instead of thinking about where I'm going, I'm going to work. What do I have to do when I get to work? I have to go to a meeting. Instead of thinking about what's going to happen and what's ahead of me, what is happening right now? And, um, and once I was able to start seeing some of the gifts of being present, the more I wanted to be present. So practicing mindfulness is something, it's just like anything else you practice. I think I talked about um, practicing meditation before. And um, I think mindfulness and meditation kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Um, I, you know, they call it mindfulness meditation. So they aren't exactly the same thing. But um, anyway, probably uh, can be used interchangeably. But 
Um, practicing mindfulness, what I learned is to start out doing it 10 minutes a day. I mean, 20 minutes a day. And if that's too much, I think, um, I personally think starting out at 10 minutes a day is more manageable. It's really difficult to, um, to, especially in the beginning when I had the hamster wheel going on in my head to continue to pull my mind back. Uh, when my thoughts would drift, you know, when my thoughts would take me on another uh, mental journey and I'd have to pull my mind back. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like exercise. It's, it takes a lot of effort. So doing that for 10 minutes, I think, is almost exhausting, or it can be if, if you're really challenged by it. And I always very much was. So practicing it for... 10 to 20 minutes when you start off, um, just like you would practice running or practice meditation, yoga, weightlifting, soccer, any of these things. As long as what you're doing, um, you're giving it your full attention, then you are practicing mindfulness. So um, I am a multitasker. And yet, I don't believe in multitasking. So the thing is, I think I'm a busybody. I think that I have a hard time slowing down. So I've talked about how in recovery over the past month, it's been really challenging for me to slow down. Um, I'm used to, like, when I'm working... Um, on my computer, I, I'm really focused on doing one task at a time, but I'm also juggling lots of balls at the same time that I'm completing a task. So I like to have one main task, and then I like to juggle other things in the background. For example, um, I, I mentioned yesterday how I had talked to my uh, boyfriend about when I'm listening to my like I don't have to do two things at once like when I'm doing my uh, sewing hobby I don't have to be listening to a book also Um, or when I'm um, you know when I'm out playing with the dogs or something I don't have to be doing something else at the same time, listening to the news or, or anything that, um, that's, it's important. And I think it's good exercise for me to do, uh, just one thing at a time. So stop multitasking. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying really hard to do this and I'm, I've done good the past two days. I've been Uh, really trying to do one thing at a time. So what this means, pay full attention to each task. When you're eating, focus on eating. When you're walking, you focus on walking. Also, um, you can start off with, if you're just getting started doing a traditional type of meditation where you're not doing anything. You're just sitting and uh, maybe focusing on your breathing. So 
mindfulness breathing. That is not one of my favorites because when I focus on my breathing, I tend to feel like I'm running out of air. It's almost like I forget to how to breathe when I focus on my breathing. But I recently, through the Calm app, um, was introduced to the idea of focusing on the skin right outside of your nostrils and feeling the air that hits that area of skin as um, as you breathe in and breathe out through your nose. So that seems to be a little bit more enjoyable of an exercise for me as opposed to um, focusing on filling up my lungs and then exhaling. For some reason, that becomes kind of a stressful activity for me. I don't know why, but it does. So um, mindfulness breathing is very popular if you're getting started. Um, So after you figure out what you want to do in order to be uh, when you're being mindful. So let's let's say we're starting out just by um, just sitting doing a traditional uh, meditation. So um, you'll notice probably fairly quickly that it's going to be challenging to manage uh, your mental chatter. So I think I've shared this before. On Fridays um, after work, I would always stop by uh, in Leesburg and join a meditation meeting. And what we did was we sat in a room and turned the lights out me and a bunch of people I didn't know, some people I knew, um, and you're just quiet for about 10 minutes. And I found that I just kept thinking about my day at work. I kept thinking about my day at work, and then I I was kind of almost beating myself up that I'm like, okay, stop. Stop thinking about work. Stop thinking about work. And, um, and so I feel like I was not having very good, like positive self-talk while I was attempting to do this meditation thing. I was going into it like, you suck at this, Rachel, you suck at this. And just by noticing the mental chatter that is going on in your head just by noticing that wait a minute I was thinking about work let me bring myself back to the present moment just by pulling yourself back to the present moment you have just achieved mindfulness so it's it's nothing to beat yourself up about just keep pulling yourself back pulling your mind back to where your body sits and think about what it is you feel in the room. If it's cold, if you're sitting in a metal chair, I know the chair that I used to sit in for the 
meditation meeting was terribly uncomfortable. So that was uh, one thing that was in my head. And then I could always hear the traffic going by outside. And I was noticing that I was noticing the traffic. I was noticing that I was noticing how comfortable my how uncomfortable my chair was. So when your mind drifts away, then pull it back. The moment that you realize that your mind drifted away, you did it. You you should give yourself a pat on the back. You are winning at the game of mindfulness. So Here are some ways that I've learned in recovery how to practice mindfulness. And it's almost sometimes a kind of an abstract concept, I think. Um, Just like what I was talking about where I noticed that I was noticing the traffic. I mean, that sounds kind of funky, but, um, but it's really a matter of being present uh, where you are and observing your experience. So uh, some ways I've learned to practice mindfulness. Number one is observe. So you're noticing the experience and the feelings and thoughts that you're having, but you're not clinging to anything. So it's almost like watching a wave of feelings and thoughts that just pass through your mind, but nothing sticks, you know? Like if there was a wave of emotions and feelings that were passing through your mind, through like going in your left ear, passing through your mind and coming out of your right ear, none of those thoughts and feelings fall off the wave into your head. They just keep passing through. And noticing your senses. Um, I tried to keep my eyes closed when I would do the the mindfulness meditation. Uh, But you don't have to. Um, You can uh, keep your eyes open. (coughs) Excuse me. I think for me, it was best for me to have a limited amount of sensations so I could just focus on a couple things. So I was really just focusing on what I heard and I was trying, at this time I was trying to do the mindfulness breathing uh, and realizing very quickly that um, I couldn't breathe. So I didn't really like that one, but noticing your senses. So The first way is observing your experience. The second thing is name it. So what you're naming is your feeling or thought that arises. So if you're sitting there and you're uh, in the dark, you're listening to the traffic outside and you're supposed to be meditating, you realize I'm thinking of the traffic outside. What you need to do is give it a name. Give the thought or feeling a name, um, whether it's, uh, you know, traffic. 
you can just call it traffic, but give it a name to acknowledge that it is a thing. It's a real uh, thought or feeling in its own right. And then put it right back onto that wave that's passing through your mind. So acknowledge it. Say, there it is. I had a feeling or um, a thought. I'm going to name it something. Traffic. And then I put it back on that wave that just passes right through my mind. So number one, observe. Number two, name it. Number three, don't judge. So you want to unglue your opinions from whatever thoughts or feelings that arise. So, um, okay, I was sitting there. I was thinking about traffic. Um, I gave it a name. It's traffic. Um, then you want to just remove your judgment. You don't want to identify if that thought or feeling was good or bad. It's just a thought or a feeling. We gave it a name. And we want to accept all of our thoughts and feelings as they are, as things. So we want to accept everything just like a blanket of grass accepts the rain, the sun, and every leaf that falls on it. We're just accepting it as a thing that, uh, that we can hold and then we can let it go. And then the final thing is do one thing at a time. And I think that's the, that's the key. That's the one that I'm trying to really focus on right now. And as I've mentioned, this podcast is, is for selfish reasons in addition to helping someone else out there. Um, but I wanted to talk about the thing that I'm trying to challenge myself to do right now. So doing one thing at a time. So what I've been doing is this morning, I made myself a scrambled egg with some cheese and some little uh, cubes of ham. And while I was making my little omelet-esque thing, I, that's all I did. I didn't have any music on. I didn't turn my book on. Um... I didn't, you know, while the eggs were cooking, do the dishes, nothing like that. I just stirred my eggs. That's all I did. And then when my eggs were done, I sat down and I ate my eggs. I didn't look through a coffee table book like I had been doing the week before. I just ate my eggs. So uh, eating is a great example of doing one thing at a time. And I think a lot of us don't, don't just eat. We eat and watch TV. We eat and talk about our day, we, which is, I mean, I don't know. I hate to say anything negative about that. I think that's awesome. But, um, but making sure that you're focused on the task of eating. So when you're uh, walking, just walk. 
Um, I tend to listen to my audiobook when I'm walking. Lately, I'm not walking. Um, I'm just starting to walk around the block with my dog. So I did that today and I did not listen to my audiobook. It was just me and my dog. And side note, she stepped on a bee and got stung on her whittle witty bitty paw by a bee. I felt terrible for her. She didn't understand what was happening. Anyway, um, she's all right now. <laughs> uh, so when you're walking, just walk. When you're taking a shower, just take a shower. That's another thing. Always listening to my audiobook. I would bring it into the shower with me. And so, and I'd find myself like stretching to be able to hear it, you know, while I'm shaving my legs or something, you know, I'm having a hard time hearing it. So just take a shower um, and don't do anything else. When you're listening to someone else talking, just listen. I know that is a challenging one for all human beings. I feel like um, I can tell when I'm talking to somebody and they're not listening. I can tell when I'm on the phone and can't see somebody's face whether they are listening or not. And I think not only is it unhealthy for the person who is supposed to be listening to be doing something else uh, while you're supposed to be listening, but it's also unhealthy for the person who is speaking who expects to have your full attention and all that it's telling that person who's speaking is, I don't care about you. So when you're supposed to listen, just listen. Don't do anything else. Just listen. If something else is going on that's going to steal your attention, it's probably better to let the person know you know what, I can't give you my full attention. Can I call you back? Or can I, um, you know, can I do this and then, then I'll stop by and see you or whatever the situation may be. So uh, when you're supposed to listen, listen. When you're thinking, just think. So I had to think about this one because I was like, when you're thinking, just think. And you know what? I could really identify with that because so I've been trying to uh, do my sewing projects and not listening to my audiobook. So trying to practice doing one thing at a time. And I realized that that hamster wheel gets going. That's why I like to listen to my audiobook because if I have that playing in the background, my mind isn't creating its own stories. I want to listen to a story somebody else wrote instead of having to write stories in my brain while I'm trying to do things. My, my brain is just super active, I guess. Um, so I'm going to see how this works, but when I, let's say I'm sewing and I start thinking about um, my daughter. So for example, my daughter's car, um, the brakes stopped working. So 
she had to get a rental. She had to bring her car in. It's going to be $600. Um, all of this stuff. I found myself starting to feel a little stressed out about that. And I think maybe when I feel that kind of worry coming on to stop what I'm doing and just take that time that I need to think through from beginning to end whatever it is my brain is trying to resolve. And if I need to write it down, write it down. If I need to send a text to my daughter, you know, send a text. If I need a caller, caller. If I need to get her a rental car, whatever needs to happen, stop what you're doing and spend time on that thought. And um, so I'm going to practice it. Hopefully you can practice it as well. And then another one, the last one I have is remember. When you are trying to remember something, just spend time sitting and remembering. Don't try to do anything else. Don't try to do the dishes and remember. Don't try to walk the dogs and remember. If you want to spend some time remembering, like if I want to think about some memories I have with my grandparents, um, I don't need to be shampooing the carpet while I'm remembering them. I can stop shampooing the carpet and I can sit down and really enjoy the memory. So uh, so this is what I have for you today. Uh, one thing at a time. So practicing mindfulness. I have observe. Observe your experiences, feelings, and thoughts. Two, name it. Name your feelings and thoughts before you throw them back into the wave. Don't judge. Unglue your opinions about your thoughts and feelings and do one thing at a time. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 